Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. It is Pro Bowl week in the NFL, everybody. We are so, so excited for the Pro Bowl. Ben Parker is here. Ben Parker from the Phantom Football Podcast and the Odds On Favorite Podcast. Ben, what is up? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back uh, to the audience. Uh, thank you all for listening, as always. I- I'm always privileged to be on this particular show. Um, listen to the podcast a couple of weeks ago when you and Roland uh, hit the quarterbacks hard. Lots of in-depth. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that. But uh, excited to be here, man. Ton of fun. We're going to do a full hour Pro Bowl preview show. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. We're not going to do that. Um, it's actually also Senior Week. Pro Bowl Week means it's it, it's Senior Bowl Week. It's uh, East West Shrine Bowl Week out in Vegas. The Senior Bowl is obviously in Mobile, Alabama. Um, so this is a great time for Ben and I to do one last look back, one last recap on the 2022 rookies in the NFL before we start all of our draft preview stuff for 2023 and get ready to talk about those rookies going into next season. Ben and I have obviously done a lot of draft stuff together here in just this year already uh, for 2022. So be on the lookout for more stuff uh, for the 2023 draft moving forward. But for now, one last look back, one last recap of the 2022 NFL draft. We're going to go division by division, team by team, and just give a, a a general assessment. We're not going to go player by player. We're going to talk about the guys that matter. We're going to talk about who's disappointing from a team aspect, but we're mostly going to be assessing how did each team do with their draft class for the 2022 season? This isn't saying, was it a bad class or a good class? Cause we won't know that for another year or two overall, but in terms of how did the rookies perform in the 2022 season for this team? Was it good or was it bad? It's basically what we're doing here. We're going to try and limit ourselves to about an eight-minute timer per division. This is great because Ben and I talk so long in pre-production. We have nine minutes left in this Zoom meeting. So we're going to get through this first division, and Zoom is just going to cut us off, and we're going to have to go to the next one no matter what. So I think this is going to be great for us, Ben. Ben, are you ready? I am ready, man. Very excited. Let's do it. Here we go. So we are starting, of course, with the AFC North. We're going to start, of course, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Steelers obviously drafted the only quarterback that went in the first round last year, that being Kenny Pickett, who had a very, very interesting season. Obviously, if you've been following along with me on phantomsportsindustries.com, you saw my weekly game grades for Kenny Pickett. My season grade article just came out this week. If you haven't checked that out already, please go do that. It's on my Twitter page. It's also on phantomsportsindustries.com on the homepage right now. So go check that out. Um, Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett, who's obviously a big story for the season. They draft wide receiver George Pickens out of Georgia in the second round, who made multiple highlight plays this season. I think if you put a, a highlight reel of, of 10 catches maybe this season, he's on, he's at least one or two of them, um, I would say. So so Pickens is a name that was out there for sure this year. Um, after that, it's kind of light. The, some guys that I think will be interesting for next year. The only other guy that really made any noise this year was Connor Hayward, Cam Hayward's little brother, who uh, made a few really nice plays as like a tight end H back. Um, he was a strong special teamer this year. He had a big touchdown, I think against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and he had another, I think he had a big catch in the Ravens come back too in that two minute drive. So he made some nice plays, but again, third tight end slash slash H back, you know, utility player. Um, not, not a huge, huge, uh, impact on the season as a rookie, but Ben, what did you think about the Steelers? How do you think this draft class performed, namely quarterback, Kenny Pickett and wide receiver, George Pickens? Yeah, I liked it. I, you, you mentioned the two names, Pickett and Pickens. 
Um, love Pickens. He's a man among boys. If he continues to keep his head on straight, which was always a concern, <laughs> but if he continues to do that, uh, he can be a huge difference maker for years to come and, and really just dominate that position, I'm convinced. Pickett, I think we saw everything we needed to see, everything we wanted to see. Will he be a top five elite quarterback in the future? Probably not. But do you think Tomlin can build a, a playoff contender and maybe even a Super Bowl contender around him? I think probably yes. So uh, I love it. Yes. Yeah, my general thoughts on Kenny Pickett this year were the arm is enough. He has enough zip on the ball from about 15 to 20 yards. We didn't see him push it downfield really at all, more than that, except for a couple of times. From the couple of times we saw, it was fine. But yeah, he's never going to be a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen type arm. But we saw escapability in the pocket, which we, we, we knew he had. My biggest thing was every week he got better at pocket presence, pocket awareness. Um, at Pitt, he had a tendency to drift back into the right a lot of times. It got him into a lot of trouble, things he could escape from in the ACC, not things you can do in the NFL. And pretty early on, he, he got away from that. He was standing tall in the pocket. Uh, as the weeks went, he learned to escape the pocket. As the weeks went, he learned to maneuver within the pocket. So I, I have a lot of hope there. Um, I agree, not going to be a top five guy, probably not even ever a top 10 guy, but can he have a a ceiling? Like, like imagine Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo's best years where, hey, in their very best year, maybe they flirt with top 10 in that one season. Yeah, I think he could be the very best version of those guys. Uh, anything more than that, I just don't think he has the 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 real physical traits for it. Um, I gave them a B plus before, right after the draft. I'd say it's probably about that, maybe maybe slightly lower, maybe B B plus area. But I think you got a quarterback you can keep moving forward with at least for now, and a potential wide receiver one. I think in Pickens, I think he was that good. Uh, let's move on here before we go too too crazy on the Steelers. Um, let's hit the Bengals. Uh, you know, Dax Hill. Cam Taylor Britt, they really wanted to hit the defense backs hard. Cordell Volson, who I liked coming out of the draft, he started, I think, every single game for them this season. Um, but obviously, Dax Hill was the first round pick. Didn't see much of the field this year. He's kind of supposed to be the Jesse Bates uh, heir apparent. But when he was on the field this year, he did struggle. But Cam Taylor Britt, we saw make a lot of plays in the playoffs for the Bengals. What, what did you think of the Bengals this season? Yeah, I, I was disappointed uh, in the rookie class, but that's just one year uh, moving forward. I still have high hopes. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Britt. He looks like a solid starter in the future. I, I don't know that I necessarily think difference maker, but solid starter. Daxton Hill was a guy I had high hopes for. He really struggled, mm -hmm. struggled in coverage, but he also kind of made some plays that you're just scratching your head and you're like, you know, what were you thinking, dude? Um, yeah. So hopefully he matures past that during training camp this off season. Um, listen, still a lot of high hopes here for this whole draft class. You mentioned Bolson. Um, it, it, you know, they got some work to do, but yeah, uh, not a great season. I didn't think, but moving forward. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think seeing Cam Taylor Britt make, make plays in the playoffs makes you feel really good about where they're at this year. And, and then, yeah, you just hope moving forward, there can be a little bit of improvement. Let's quickly hit the Cleveland Brown. Oh, I gave the Bengals a B by the way. I, I maybe go a little bit lower just in terms of how they were this season. Bolson did have his struggles. Dax Hill not being what you wanted this year. Maybe, maybe a C plus B minus, but Cam Taylor Britt saved the class. I think this year, the Browns, I gave a C originally 
Uh, they didn't have a pick, I don't think, until the second or third round. I forget what Martin Emerson was. Um, but let's see. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, Martin Emerson was a third round pick. So, you know, you also factor that in uh, without a, a day one pick or a second round pick. You you kind of just kind of hope for the best. Martin Emerson, I thought, did look pretty good by the end of the year, though. Um, but they also went defensive line, and and those guys struggled for the most part this season. David Bell didn't do much of the wide receiver. Um, kind of quiet from this Browns group. I gave him a C. I think that's probably about right. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I graded about 210, 15 players, rookies. Didn't get to do much grading on the Browns, but what I saw wasn't great. Uh, they need a whole lot more production to be excited about this draft class. Again, it's one season. But, you know, they weren't great this year. You would have hoped some of these guys could have cracked the lineup a little bit more than they did, and they didn't. So uh, they need a lot more production out of this draft class than what they've had so far. To hit the Ravens, who was kind of the darling of the draft, um, they they secured Kyle Hamilton, uh, narrowly missing out on Jordan Davis, and then, you know, the their consolation prize was Kyle Hamilton. We all rolled our eyes at that. Just like, of course, the, the Ravens add Kyle Hamilton to this group. He he got moved around a little bit, had a, had a slow start to the year. I think he had to play free safety to start the season, got moved to nickel corner as the year went on, uh, and he just got to be a playmaker downhill. That was good for him. Tyler Linderbaum, they traded for. He had a good year, even as an undersized center in the AFC North. He looks like he's going to be solid for about 10 years. Um, Isaiah Likely, the playmaking tight end they got in the fourth round, had a good year as well. They have some other guys that are going to be kind of future looking players, but but those three guys in particular had really good seasons. I could talk about this draft all day. Um I still love the Ravens draft. It wasn't yeah. as good as the Jets and Seahawks, but I still love what they've got. You mentioned likely he looks like an above average tight end for years to come. Jordan Stout, solid puncher, Tyler Lindenbaum, above average center, even as a rookie. Hamilton struggled, but Hamilton still is super athletic, super fast. They'll figure out how to use him better as the years go on. Um, Daniel Falele didn't play much, but still he's huge. He ought to be a, a, some kind of a fit there for the Ravens offensive line. And then David Ojabo didn't look fast at all, but you didn't expect him to. It was nice to see him on the field. He should be able to contribute next year, hopefully. I love that you mentioned Daniel Falele. You know I love that guy going into the draft last year. was so sad to see him go to Baltimore. I think he started one game and definitely struggled, but we knew he was a project. We knew he was going to be – like, don't start him as a rookie. Don't even start him in year two. But he's going to be a beast. Um, what's annoying but also very impressive about this draft is they got good production from them in this season between Linderbaum, the second half of the year from Hamilton, um, Isaiah Likely, the first part of the season. And then you mentioned Ojabo as well. They have guys that are going to continue to contribute and continue to make their first impact on this team next year and then the year after. This was a great draft by the Ravens, um, and, and it pains me to say it. Let's move on to the AFC East. We're going to hit the Buffalo Bills first. Cornerback uh, Kyir Elam, uh, James Cook, the running back, he came on a little bit. Kyir Elam had to play a lot, and, and kind of as corner number one, with Davis White being out for so much of the season. Uh, Khalil Shakur. At wide receiver, he made plays kind of throughout the season in random spots, but was never really a consistent contributor to the offense. Um, maybe we see that change next year after some of their their downfalls this season. But, but what do you think about the Bills draft this year? Uh, mixed, uh, honestly. But, you know, when you have a roster as good as the Bills, you don't really expect the rookies to come in and make a huge splash. So, 
you know, Matt Areza the punter and Luke Tenuta for different reasons were already released basically in the off season and gone. One of the other teams, Areza's got his own set of problems, of course. Um, you mentioned Elam. I, I like the. I, I still like Elam. Um, didn't look great this year, but still, yeah. you know, they threw him into the fire. So what do you expect there for 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 them? And, and um, you know, Khalil Shakir is a guy that I really like. Not necessarily to be a dominant number one kind of wide receiver because that's not him. But could you imagine Shakir on, say, the Rams or the 49ers? Mm-hmm. What all mm-hmm. kind of dunk he would be doing every week? Um, mm-hmm. you know, tremendous asset. I don't know that the Bills were necessarily designed to use him that way. So, I, again, he could be an asset. Um, James Cook, I like what I saw out of Cook. Um, probably not a dominant running back, but a contributing running back. So, um, I, I like the Bills draft. Didn't love it. Uh, you know, still hope for more. I think what we're going to find as we go through these guys – is we're going to see that the defensive backs especially got drafted in the right spots. That the very top guys were the very top guys. The back-end round one guys kind of had their faults, but you see what the teams were seeing. And then the day two guys who had their their limitations, usually because of athletic capabilities, right? But we knew they were good players, showed that. They're like, hey, this is a high-end cornerback two, whereas some of those back-end first-round guys are hey, they were hit and miss this year, but they have the athletic capabilities and the talent to be legit number ones, but they aren't where Sauce Gardner or or Derek Stingley are just yet. I think we're going to see that as we move through this because that's where I am on, on Elam as well. I think he has all the tools. He was thrown into the fire as the number one guy for much of the early part of the season. Don't think that was great as a rookie, but that experience I think will pay off. But in terms of this year, a, a little disappointing, but you hope those guys kind of get to show their their traits next season. Let's move to this next team, a team that I completely ripped um, in, in my grades and everything. Uh, the New England Patriots, who I think I got on the podcast with you. Actually, it might, have been, it might have been Ronan, actually, because we did. He and I did the like day two reactions. And I said, man, the Patriots, they had a great second through fourth round. Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Marcus Jones. Oh, wait, those were picks one, two, and three, not two, three, and four. Um, but man, they made me eat my words, didn't they? Cole Strange was pretty darn good there at left guard for the whole season. Uh, Tyquan Thorne, when he came back from his injury, he made some plays. Marcus Jones was awesome, he, as expected, just not where I thought he would be. He he played very limited defensively. I'll get those numbers pulled up, but we saw him make a big splash in the return game, as we knew he was a good returner in college. He had a a return touchdown, I believe that was the Jets game. And then he also had um, some offensive snaps. He he got a little wide receiver screen. They worked him in uh, to the offense there. That was also impressive. Jack Jones was a corner that they actually really liked. He was a starter early in the season, fourth round pick. I thought he was going to be a late day three guy. So that was pretty cool to see as well. Um, What did you think about the Patriots? By the way, Marcus Jones had a 37% snap count on defense. So he he got into the defensive run a little bit late, but was the the punt returner for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Let me start with Marcus Jones because I love him. Kind of a little bit of a do-everything kind of a guy and do it above average. You know, he's not just doing everything. He's doing it above average. So really like Marcus Jones. I think he'll be a staple for the Patriots for years to come. I personally wasn't as high on Cole Strange as I watched him throughout the year. Um, I thought he had some struggles. But but again, Patriots offensive linemen almost always get better. So you figure, yeah. um, and, and I know a lot of people do have a good grade on Strange, but you know you figure he'll continue to develop even at, even, if, even at Mike's somewhat limited opinion of, of his season. Um, you look at 
they had five guys who either didn't play at all or played very little. So that, that's a little concerning, but, yeah. eh, you know, it's the Patriots. Who cares? I'll, I'll end up on this. Um, uh, sorry, I'm looking for the name here. It, it's completely escaped me here. But um, anyway, I'll, I'll end up on Tyquan Thornton. Um, Thornton's the guy that you mentioned. Uh, played a lot. Looks like he can contribute, not dominate. But uh, I, you know, I like Thornton there too. So anyway, that, that's kind of where I'm at on the Patriots. I guess we should say Bailey Zappi's name, right? Came in for for Mac Jones those couple games. Got got a little Zappi fever. Uh, I think it it all ended the right way, where everyone was like, okay, maybe not. Um, but hey, good backup. And if you can get if you can get a long term backup in the fourth round, like a guy that you may be signed to a second contract to be a, a, a long time backup for your team, or even if he gets all the way through the, the rookie contract as your number two, I think that's a success in a fourth round pick. So we'll see how that continues, but no Patriots fans. He is not your new franchise quarterback. Moving on to the jets, a team. I, I misspoke with the Ravens earlier. This was the darling of the draft just to see the jets do things right. and really knock things out of the park. Sauce Gardner, all pro get him in the first round as the second cornerback taken. They did not hesitate. When Derek Stingley was picked at three, I remember I said, we did this. We did instant reactions to the first round. I was so impressed that they weren't sitting there at four. They see Derek Stingley go at three and they say, wait, is Sauce Gardner not the number one corner in this draft? Let's go get somebody else. And they didn't. They took Sauce. Great pick. Way to go. Then they turn around and get Garrett Wilson a few picks later. That turned out to be a really, really good pick. Brees Hall on day two might have been the offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt. Um, and we talk about a num- number of other anybody anybody that drafted really. Uh, Max Mitchell had one or two good starts before he got hurt at, at offensive line. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, not quite what we were hoping for, but he he made a couple plays, and we know they really like him. Um, what do you think about the Jets in this draft? I, I loved it, and you know, you you just hope nothing bad goes on here for the Jets with this draft because I love it. This is one of the best drafts I've ever seen, to be quite honest. Love Brees Hall at running back. He'll be back healthy. Dominant player at running back. Love Sauce Gardner. Uh, has a chance to be one of the best defensive backs we've seen in a long time. He's that good. Um, Garrett Wilson, outstanding wide receiver. Should be very good. Um, Jermaine Johnson, you mentioned it. The potential's there. Even if all Jermaine Johnson can do is come in for 500 snaps and get some extra pressure on the quarterback on third downs. I mean, that's you know, not what you want out of a first round pick, but considering this draft, it's great. Um, love, love, love the Jets draft. I can't say enough about it. I think it's my favorite draft out of out of everybody this year. Just absolutely love everything they did here. Yeah, it was a it was really strong. And and you mentioned it. Jermaine Johnson is only ever like a number three guy who comes in on third down pass rush situations. Yeah, you would want more from a first round pick, but he was their third first round pick. So it's like Okay, that's that's pretty darn good. I feel good about that. Um, let's hit the Dolphins here real quick. Um, not much to say about the Dolphins draft. I gave them a C plus uh, right after the draft, and that might have been a touch too high. I really wanted them to do. I will give them this. I wanted them to do stuff with the offensive line, and they did not. And their offensive line was much better than expected this year. Um Turn Armstead played a lot more at left tackle. He didn't get hurt that much. Connor Williams was much better at center than I expected this season. I knew Robert Hunt would be good at right guard. I knew Liam Eichenberg would be good if they moved him to left guard, which they did. Right tackle was kind of hit and miss with some injuries throughout the year. Um, so maybe I come out a little bit better than I actually expected just because they didn't need the offensive line help as much as I thought. 
but they got nothing from this rookie class. I mean, Channing Tindall was a guy I had some high hopes for. I hope he can do some stuff in the future. Third round linebacker, you know, I should probably have had different expectations. That might've been on me. Skylar Thompson, obviously I wrote his name down. He, he played some games in the NFL that happened. I think that's all we really need to say. Um, anything interesting here for you on the Dolphins draft? No, uh, my great hope is what you said. Tyndall steps up at linebacker over the next year or two and, and plays some good rotational snaps. But uh, they didn't have a lot going on in this draft, and it showed uh, not much production here. So, no, I, I think I'll leave it at that. And and I guess we'd be remiss not to say their first two picks technically turned into Tyreek Hill, which made them a top five offense in the NFL. So, again, this exercise is for us to talk about the rookies. But we should say that, as we say, they had a bad draft. Well, they traded two of the picks and turned it into Tyreek Hill. So that that's pretty good. Yeah, and I'll, I'll hit our favorite theme. Uh, you already mentioned the offensive line. I still wish they had drafted a couple just for depth because you're not going to be able – if your team keeps getting better, you're not really going to be able to keep paying the offensive lineman top money um, like the left tackle. And, and you know, So you would like to have a better pipeline there, but they didn't do it. Just to just – to, um cherry pick this because i do love to do that every once in a while uh channing tindall they picked 102 max mitchell who had some good snaps like i said for the jets at 111 uh was there daniel falele my boy was there at 110 again he was not going to play this year for anybody even this team um want to find one more offensive lineman spencer burford uh for the 49ers had a great season that might have been interesting somewhere but anyways that's that's not really fair to do but i'd still do it anyways moving on to the afc south um, man, what a, what a weird division this was. And that is the same for the draft. Let's start with the Jaguars who had the first overall pick Trayvon Walker defensive end slash outside linebacker out of Georgia became a, went from defensive line to essentially a linebacker, stand up linebacker for this team, Devin Lloyd. They traded back into the first round to get him out of Utah. He played significant stabs, was a starter at inside linebacker. Uh, Luke Fortner became day one starting center. Um, not not a bad not a bad outcome for the Jaguars. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going to fix that on Trayvon Walker because you you interested me so much when you said that. Literally in my notes, I, I have better linebacker, better as a linebacker than as an edge. Um, heck of an athlete. I mean, tremendously uh-huh. athletic, and operates very well in space. He really does. Like he yeah. he can pass cover. Uh, he can get to. He's you know, a good mover. Yeah, but he's not a big impact player like you would hope in that top mm-hmm. five area. Um, mm-hmm. He's not. So I think the team does the smart thing here, converts him over to linebacker. If you want to drop him down to edge in certain plays, I, that's fine. Do it. But he looks like a linebacker to me, having watched him here on the, on the field for the pros. I, I think that's their their money play here. Um, and, and I like the rest of their draft too. But, you know, obviously Trayvon Walker at the top of the draft there is, you know, He's not the explosive guy they thought they were going to get, but he could still be a huge impact player there if they do him right. I think right is linebacker. Draft Twitter was all like, okay, he's he's the safe pick, right? He He's going to be a good run defender. He's a good athlete. You might get some pass rush out of him, but he was never that guy to do that in college. Now, that doesn't always translate. Maybe he can develop something, but you're like, okay, if the ceiling is good run defender and good athlete, yeah, is that what you want in the number one pick? That was my concern. But I think he tra- he adjusted better to the stand-up outside linebacker position in year one than I expected. He looked he looked pretty comfortable there. So maybe that'll help that pass rush develop 
if he actually is more comfortable on his feet than in the three-point stance. Um, and I thought Devin Lloyd got a lot better as the season went along too. We talked about like Channing Tindall, what we wanted from him. But even Devin Lloyd as a first-round pick starting from day one, he had some struggles with, with the processing and the speed and the strength uh, at the beginning of the season. But he definitely got better as the year went along. So I really like that. I would also like to see him rush off as an outside linebacker at times. He's definitely big enough, athletic enough. It would also open up um, some room for Chad Muma, the the linebacker out of Wyoming, to play more and get some more reps in an inside linebacker. Um, I, I think they have some fun stuff they could do there. So excited about the Jaguars. Yeah, quick note, it's hard to find a good set of linebackers in the NFL these days. They're asked to do so much. But with Muma, uh, with, uh, with Walker, and with Lloyd, you have a good set of young guys here that can rotate and you can play to their strengths. I like it. Absolutely. Let's go to the Titans next. Um, this might have been my biggest swing. Uh, I, I gave them an A minus. By the way, I gave the Jaguars a B minus. They probably performed a little better than that. I gave the Titans an A minus, mostly because I loved Roger McCreary coming out, and and he at least helped out. He he at least did what I was expecting. He was tough. He was strong. He was the the quintessential guy I was talking about. Early second rounder, probably going to be a high end cornerback too for his career, but that size just limits him as an outside corner. Um, but I thought he had a decent year. Nicholas Petit-Frere, uh, he was fine. Uh, he started every game this season. Traylon Burks is obviously the swing and the miss here for round one. Um, and, he, and he dealt with injuries. He, he missed some time in training camp, so he couldn't catch the moving train right away. He made some plays. But obviously this team traded A.J. Brown essentially for Traylon Burks. And A.J. Brown's playing in the Super Bowl as a huge X factor for the Eagles. And the Titans didn't make the playoffs, and and Burks kind of had it down year. What do you think about Tennessee? Yeah, I, I'm gonna lock, I'm gonna lock in on one guy here, and that's gonna be McCreary. I wasn't as high on him mm-hmm. uh, heading into the draft. I really wasn't. I thought, well, okay, maybe he can contribute. I'm not sure again that he should be a primary cover guy because he doesn't really seem to have that that skill set. But if you can get him as a safety cover hybrid, I love it. I love what he brings to the table. Some of the plays he made this year were so athletic, so intelligent. I, it wasn't every week. <laughs> it wasn't every game. Yeah. There were was, there was some, was some bad cover skills going on here. But as a safety, as a playmaker, as somebody intelligent who loves football and knows it, I love what I saw. There was one play in the end zone this year where he was falling out of bounds, caught an interception, but knew he was going to get out of bounds, threw it to his teammate who intercepted it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just insane stuff. So – if they can move him over to kind of that safety hybrid and drop him in, at, you know, just you know, some slot coverage, maybe I love it. If they leave him as a as a top uh, as a as a wide receiver uh, as a sorry, a big defensive back covering guys one on one, I I don't like this at all. Yeah, and uh, Chigaquanko, Aquanquo, sorry, out of Maryland, the the tight end slash H back. He obviously made a lot of uh, big plays this season, but he's not like a real tight end where you're going to line them up in line, have them block some, have them be a downfield threat. But in terms of the screen game, making some plays, that's a huge benefit. Obviously Malik Willis um, did not play well in the games that he started and played, but again, another project guy who, if you expected him to be a day one starting quarterback, you, you just were kind of off on, on the, on the scouting report. So um, I'd say it's fine. I'd say, you know, C plus B minus. And, and again, like you said, kind of for where you pick, um, with, with some of these teams, that that's kind of what you expect. But I think this will be another draft that we especially have to wait a year or two to really assess. But in terms of this year, a little, 
not great, but again, not not terrible either. I'd I'd say, uh, Houston Texans, a, a team that I graded pretty highly coming out of the draft. I gave them a B plus. Derek Stingley, Kenyon Green in the first round. Jalen Petrie. Uh, I keep saying Petrie. I, I I don't think that's it, but that's a cartoon character, so I'm going to keep saying it. Christian Harris in the second round. Damian Pierce in the fourth round. Another running back that was making an offensive rookie of the year push before getting hurt late in the season. What do you think about Houston? Um, loved Pierce, the running back, but of course everyone did, so I won't spend any more time on him. The rest of the guys, Petrie, Stingley, Harris, Green, I have high hopes for, but I felt like I was watching a group of guys who got forced into the fire, yeah. into hot action too yep. soon. So they looked really rough, to be honest. I mean, ragged, but they did still look like they belonged on the field. And for a rookie, that's saying a lot. So um, I'm not exactly sure why they got forced in so much action other than that the Texans roster just has a lot of holes. And so moving forward, I have hopes for this group because I liked them as a group. Moving forward, I think they're going to benefit from that experience. Uh, some rookies don't. Some rookies just continue to be bad. <laughs> they yeah. should not be on the field. But this group should have been on the field. They looked rough, but they will get better. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Green is going to benefit and did benefit hugely by playing next to Larry McTunzel. I love that. Christian Harris, when he came in, another one of those rookie inside linebackers, but he didn't come in until halfway through the season off of IR. So he he should get better. I have high hopes for him. Petrie, man, he was making some hits. So I, I don't, he's not going to be the most dip, disciplined guy back there, but they wanted playmakers in that defensive backfield. And that's why they went with those two guys early. Um, so I feel good about that. I think they had a good year. I gave him a B plus preseason. I'd say if you account for context, like you said, kind of got forced in the fire, bad team, bad situation. And you, and you want to grade with some context as well. Yeah. B plus man. Good job. You guys did it. You made it through your rookie year. You look like you belong. I like it. Um, last team in this division here, the Colts. Uh, I gave him a B coming out because I'm a Big Alec Pierce fan. He had a fun little run kind of in the not quite middle of the season, about a third of the way through the season. He had a fun little run there. Um, Jelani Woods had made some plays towards the end of the year. Bernard Raymond had to get into the lineup uh, pretty early. That, was, that wasn't that was so great. Uh, what do you think about Indianapolis? It, for me, not a lot to talk about here, but I really like Alec Pierce. Uh, again, I, I – I'm not sure I don't wish he was on another team, to be honest, um, where he could really maybe get 80 catches and uh, maybe 800 yards or yeah, maybe 80 catches and 1,000 yards as the number two receiver. But he's here. So, uh, like him, um, you know, Raymond, I still have some hopes that Raymond – Not, I don't think Raymond's ever going to be a dominant offensive lineman, but a good solid defensive – a good solid starting offensive lineman. Um, rest of the guys still need to see a lot more playing time and production from. Uh, we'll see. Pierce went in that fun little group in the second round uh, of wide receivers with with George Pickens. It went George Pickens at 52, Alec Pierce at 53, Sky Moore at 54. Um, and that's probably how I exactly would have ranked them. And as a Steeler fan, if, if Pickens had been off and they'd gone with Pierce, I would have been thrilled. If Pickens and Pierce were gone and had to go with Moore, I would have been thrilled with that too. So um, that'll be a fun little group to watch over the next few years. But yeah, big Alec Pierce fan. Let's move into the AFC West. This was the team that I had winning the draft. I gave him an A plus in the draft. And there's a little bit of research I still need to do to see who might play for next year from this group. Because um, I, I was a big Darian Kennard fan. So we'll see if, if one of those tackle spots comes available to him next season. But we're talking about this year. 
I don't know if I'd give him an A plus for the year, but man, these rookies are making plays in the playoffs. Um, and I'm not even talking about their first round picks entirely. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round rookie, running hard. Uh, all those defensive backs, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, um, those guys have been making plays in, in national TV games and here now in the playoffs. And then George Karloftis, he had a, a big sack in the AFC Championship game. Um, and let's see, Trent McDuffie, he's he's making some plays. He's coming along. But again, that back end row one corner group, right, where it's like the high upside, but, you know, also maybe a low floor, especially for the rookie year. Uh, Leo Chanel didn't really play, but that's a guy I like for the future. But but I really love Joshua Williams coming out. I thought them getting him in the fourth round was great. He had his issues this year, but he made plays. Jalen Watson in the seventh round, picked 243. He was a starter for them for a lot of this year. He made plays. Uh, what did you think about the Chiefs? It, no, number one, the Chiefs are doing what they have to do, and that is come up with solid draft picks that fit your system, that can get on the field, and even if they're not going to dominate, they just contribute. And 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 with, with the Mahomes contract continuing to grow every year, they got to continue to do this, and, and they're doing that. Now, my, my two bright spots on this draft are obviously Pacheco, the running back. Um, love Pacheco. He has this ability to do one cut and move, one cut and move. Very clean. I love it. It's perfect for this team. His vision is good. He knows where to. He knows how to pick his holes. Um, he doesn't have, say, the elite gear that maybe Kenneth Walker has. He does not have mm -hmm. that. But still, he can scoot enough to get you more than just five yards. He can get to the 15s and the 30s. So love all that. Obviously, he can catch the football, too. My other guy is Trent McDuffie. Um, I, I'm not sold on the idea that he's going to be an elite cover corner nope. but he belongs at cornerback he can yep. cover he can make life difficult on other people the chiefs have done a good job the past few years of, of getting young defensive backs trained up worked up they're doing it now um it's it's like the eagles if you can't draft wide receivers go buy some the chiefs can draft wide receivers and develop them so they're doing that that's smart uh, i i like this what they're doing the fact that they made it through that afc championship game with these three rookies and in the back of your mind, you just have to remember, dang, man, Legereus Sneed is on this team, too. Um, he was the, he was the you know, diamond in the rough a couple of years ago, right? Fourth round pick, something like that, and immediately got a role. If, if Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams are your outside corners, Trent McDuffie can turn into a nickel corner, and then you put Sneed back at safety again, you know, with, with they have those older safeties right now, um, Eric Reed and, and – Thornwell, who I believe is a free agent after the season, that's a good young DB group, man. That that's really fun. Yeah, I'm sorry to hit a team us for the second time here. You mentioned it. Moving Snead to safety is perfect. He's so athletic. He's tough against the run. He can cover. Um, he played safety in college. Uh, there's no reason not to move. It'll save you money by moving Snead to safety for the next year or two. And you've got those younger defensive backs. You know, Sam Madison uh, left the team. Uh, the, the the defensive backs coach, I think to go back to Miami, I think uh, you, you wondered how much of an impact that would have, but it doesn't seem to have had much of an impact. They seem to really understand how to develop defensive backs, even if they don't re-sign them. Uh, just getting them through their rookie deals and being solid producers is huge for this team. Love it. And I love the draft process side, too, of going back to Isaiah Pacheco, that getting a running back in the seventh round who's being just as effective as those first, second, third round running backs. I mean, I didn't, a lot of my draft grades, I dinged the teams 
that did too much with running back, right? Even if they got somebody in the fourth round where it's like, that's a day three pick, man. But yeah, you round four is important, especially when you're only going to hit 50% of your picks anyways. Go get these seventh round running backs, man. Go get these undrafted guys because if you build everything else, the running back is is, is flexible, and they're showing that here with the Chiefs. Um, let's hit the Raiders. Not not a ton to talk about with the Raiders. Dylan Parham, kind of an undersized interior offensive lineman. He rotated between guard and center for them and, and was fine. You know, he's definitely not the worst part of that offensive line, which which definitely has some issues. Um, Neil Farrell, defensive tackle, he played some there. Mumford was in a weird right tackle rotation for like all season, which I hate. But Josh McDaniels is pulling that from the Patriots, who did that a lot this year as well. Um, really, this draft class this year was was about Dylan Parham. What, what did you think about uh, this group as a whole, though? Yeah, I agreed. Not a lot to talk about here. You hope that Munford and, and Parham can continue to, to develop. The Raiders have been drafted offensive linemen for a while now, and some of them have shown flashes. And yet it just continues to be some kind of a weird revolving door. And then you got Josh McDaniels here doing some Patriots things. Well, listen, the Patriots do it because they can. They're very stable. They've got a pipeline, a system. They're very good at that. The Raiders aren't. So I, if I'm McDaniels, I give these guys spots, and I lock it down until I have a franchise that is stable enough to do that. But, uh, you know, uh, not a lot here, but Munford and Parham, at least you're, you're hoping that they uh, continue to develop on the offensive line. It always saves you money. So, uh, Let's see here. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else on the Raiders. Uh, moving on here. Um, <laughs> I felt like I had something. And I was just like, you know what? Nah, it's fine. Uh, the Chargers here. Another couple of young offensive linemen. Which Ben? Here's my first victory lap, man. I'm gonna do it, and I know I've snuck in some like victory sprints, victory jogs in in a couple of these. But victory lap here, and not even my guy Zion Johnson, who was my favorite guy in this draft. That one's easy. Jamari Sawyer, my man. Sixth round pick, and I was screaming when day two was over why nobody picked this man up. Sixth round pick has to start at left tackle for Rashawn, all pro Rashawn Slater, and is good. He's just he's just flat out good, man. Um, both those guys started big time on the offensive line. Now, again, they weren't perfect. Uh Find me a rookie offensive lineman. That is perfect all season, but they were good enough. After that, the, the rest of the draft, you know, the third guy I have listed is their fullback, Xander Horvath. So, so that tells you where the rest of this group is at. But those two offensive linemen were hits. Um, what did you think about the Chargers draft? Sometimes you're good and sometimes you're lucky. And the Chargers got lucky here with Sawyer because nobody else apparently wanted him. <laughs> He's just a stud, but man. I didn't get it. SEC, like I think a four-year starter, played left tackle and left guard. Uh, yeah. I, I know, I think there might've been an injury or something people were concerned with, but dang, man, offensive linemen are good. Offensive linemen are hard to find how he falls all the way to the sixth round. I have no idea. Yeah. Not if you and I are drafting. Right. And again, I, <sighs> I didn't have him pegged last off season, but you did. So credit to you. Um, you were right. And now the chargers have the benefit because, because I love Zion Johnson. Uh, he looks like mm -hmm. he's going to be solid too on the interior, but now you mm -hmm. have the benefit next year. Hopefully you're healthy. You have the new new offensive coordinator with Kellen Moore. You have uh, Herbert coming back. Hopefully you add a wide receiver. Hopefully you have Slater coming back at left tackle. You've got all-pro guy center uh, Lindsley coming back at center. You've got uh, – now you can plug in Zion Johnson at one guard spot. 
you, you I, in theory, I'm sure, saw your rotates over to right tackle. Um, and then you had another guy. I can't remember who, who, who the left guard was, but it was somebody. Matt very, Filer. Matt Filer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there. They just need to add some depth from the offensive line in case some more injuries ha- happen. But, uh, you know, love it here. Even if, even if none of the rest of their draft picks pan out, if just those two offensive linemen do, huge for this team next year. You want to get a good grade from me and Ben, just draft good offensive linemen. Everything yes. else could be bad, but we're like, you know what? Yeah. Forget the rest. <laughs> one one more thing here. One more pitch for me. Please put Matt Filer back at right tackle. I don't know if you could get him to do it anymore, okay. but he was he was great at that. With I thought he was a better right tackle than a left guard for the Steelers. They signed him to be a left guard. I don't know what what the O line gurus like Brandon Thorne or, or or Merriweather think. But from what I've seen and what I know, I love that guy at right tackle. Then you could put Sawyer at guard, and his his speed isn't as big an issue. But either way, you've got the five guys. However you want to manipulate it now, I'm good with. Um, last team in the AFC West here, the Denver Broncos. I think this was my biggest miss um, in terms of what I graded and what the result was. And a little like the Dolphins, I gave the Broncos a bump because they traded their first two picks or, or one pick or however many it ended up being for Russell Wilson. So I was like, okay, franchise quarterback, boom, done. That that's an and and I gave them an A, Ben, and that's a little embarrassing now, but it's because I also liked what else they did. I liked Nick Benito coming out. He, I really liked Nick Benito coming out, getting him in the second round. I thought it was a great fit. He played thirty five percent of the snaps this year. Again, he might be a guy that contributes more as time goes, but in terms of this year, that was a big swing and a miss. Um, Greg Dulcich became you know a pretty good target for Russell Wilson. Damari Mathis. Was kind of a flexible defensive back. I saw do some good things this season, um, but again, that the main issue is you traded those early picks for Russell Wilson, and he had a bad year this year. There's no way to go around it. So disappointing when you're grading how the draft assets of 2022 contributed for the Broncos this season. What did you think? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, now again, could it be totally different next year? Yes. Um, this was not a good year for Denver's draft picks. I. I like Dulcich as a good, solid tight end moving forward. Not dominant, but solid. Um, But I think you can put a lot down to their defense was amazing, so they didn't need the defensive rookies. Um, And then you chalk it up to the offense was dreadful, and it was like the offensive rookies just didn't even get a chance. (laughs) So really weird combination here for Denver. I think that's where you chalk up most of it to because I still think these guys can play um, although I wasn't as high on Denver's draft in the first place, uh, not a good year, but more hope for next year. Good, reasonable hope that they can play next year. All right, moving right along, Ben, we are doing great for you and me, man. We are just crushing this thing. Um, NFC North. Let's start with the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they had the number two overall pick, took Aiden Hutchinson, another team that I'm proud of that didn't you know, freak out when Hey, you know, this guy we thought might go number one, didn't go number one. They they just took their guy, man. Uh, good for them. Um, then they come back in the first round, pick up James Williams, who made some plays at the end of the year when he got healthy. We want to talk about a guy that made plays at the end of the year. How about Kirby Joseph? Like the only person that's picked off Aaron Rodgers three times, and he did it in his rookie season. Uh, that's pretty incredible. You you mix in some of these other guys, uh, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez played a lot of snaps for some reason. Um, that was interesting. James Houston, though, really came on at the end of the year. Six-round pick uh, by Detroit. So so good draft from Detroit. I gave him uh, an A- minus uh, on draft night, and I, I think I still feel pretty good about that grade right thereabouts. Like I said, I don't know why 
Malcolm Rodriguez played so much, but he did. Um, that was just weird. But anyways, uh, talk about Detroit, Ben. Yeah, uh, love the draft. So I like Aiden Hutchinson. He's solid. I really like Jamison Williams, even though we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. I have high hopes for him just because of what I saw before in college. Love Kirby Joseph. Really have high hopes. I, mm-hmm. I did not have high hopes for him based on what I was seeing in, before the draft. But uh, what I saw on the field, especially late in the season, really have high hopes. And then get to James Houston. I love, 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 love James Houston. He's limited in what all he can do. But the one thing it looks like he can do for real is get the quarterbacks. You talk about somebody rushing off the edge and flat out beating tackles to get to the quarterback. Uh, he has that. Don't know why we, we all couldn't see that in college to translate to the NFL. Most of us didn't. But wow, the second half of the season, watching him do that. And listen, quarterbacks weren't running into him. Uh, this this was not spillover sacks. This right. this was him flat out yep. beating grown men, left tackles and right tackles in the NFL and getting to the quarterback on his own in a super fast amount of time. So love it for James Houston. Can he do it a whole year? Can he do more than just that? I don't know, but I love that attribute. It's it's hard to come by in the NFL. It was insane. Loved it. One guy that I, I miss not getting more from this year was Josh Pascal, the edge rusher out of Kentucky. Shout out DMV guy as well. Um, but but he was hurt. He missed the first six games of the season. Uh, and and he started. He played a lot of snaps right when he got in, and then that kind of dipped off so i think somebody might have been hurt and that was why and then they kind of lowered him back to about a third of the snaps the rest of the way that's a guy i'm hoping we see more from next year but but the reason i graded this draft so highly was because this team always actually had pretty decent defensive backs but they never had a pass rush so their defensive backs when you have to defend for eight to ten seconds you you don't do that well and so this team went eight hutchinson and then uh josh pascal one and two those were their well First round, second round, two of their first three picks. So I was happy with that. Pascal underperformed, but again, because of injury. But but James Houston kind of took that role as the year went along. So so between those three guys helping out the DBs, Jameson Williams, um, hopefully turning into something. But again, for what we saw from him this year, it was good. I think this was a good draft by the Lions, and, and they're in good position to be good in here for a while. Um, let's move on to the Packers, a team that, you know, Certainly mixed results coming from this draft. The big joke was obviously that, you know, not only did they not use their first first round pick on a wide receiver to help out Aaron Rodgers, they didn't use their second first round pick to help him out either. Defense on both draft picks in the first round. Um, but they did come back in, in day two and day three with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, who had had their high points at different parts of the season. Those first two defensive picks, though, as I mentioned, Quay Walker, linebacker out of Georgia, who, like Devin Lloyd, uh, as a rookie inside linebacker, first-round pick, got better as the year went along. He obviously did have his um, extracurricular issues during games in terms of fighting uh, team staff members and and trainers and guys on the sidelines. Devonta Wyatt, who just never really got off the ground either, he has his own uh, issues as well. What do you think about the Packers draft? Yeah, so you, you mentioned it mixed, but a, a lot of good here. Devontae Wyatt had high hopes for him. 
uh, never materialized. Uh, surely you hope next year you see a whole heck of a lot more, but that was disappointing. Uh, Romeo Dobbs uh, didn't necessarily know that that he could do a lot. He, he's not explosive, but he's solid. He will contribute. Um, Quay Walker, you mentioned it, got better as the year went along. Really hope that he can kind of lock down that linebacker spot and just kind of you know give us 800 snaps a year. Zach Tom looks like he can be just a good, solid offensive mm-hmm. linebacker. I, I, I like that. Um, and then you get Christian Watson. Love Christian Watson. Um, I did not have him in that top group of wide receivers entering the draft. Clearly, he belongs there. He can score 60 yards out, and he can he's lethal in the, in the red zone and in short areas. Uh, you can just throw it up to him. So uh, love Christian Watson. There's some other things to like here about this draft as well. Uh, then you had a whole bunch of guys who just didn't play at all, <laughs> so or played very little. Yeah, they had a lot of draft picks. One one reason I gave them I gave them a B plus. One reason I gave them such a high grade. And again, this is future stuff, but draft process stuff. This is what you and I love. They took care of those those needs up top. You know, defensive front seven, wide receiver. And then day three, man. They just went after the offensive line, even though they already had good offensive linemen in place. Zach Tom, you mentioned it. He's a guy that's like, even in the tackle eligible snaps he had, you're like, wow, this guy can play. Uh, Sean Ryan in the third round, that's a guy that could be a starter someday. Rasheed Walker in the seventh round was also a steal. I thought he was going to be like a round four, round five guy, get him towards the end of the seventh round there. Um, I, I really like what they did. I think other than Devonta Wyatt, I think everyone performed to expectation of, of where they were drafted. So whoever the quarterback is next year, I think they're going to be in good shape with the receivers they have. I think Quay Walker is going to be a good player. I think he's going to sort out his stuff. Um, I'd say for where you got everybody other than Devonta Wyatt, good draft for the Packers. Let's go to the Vikings. Their main need was defensive back going into the draft. Um, they went defensive back. Those guys did not really get to help them out too, too much. Lewis seen the safety again out of Georgia he got hurt in their London game pretty early on. I think that was like week four or five, something like that. Um, Andrew Book Jr., corner out of Clemson, started the year hurt, got some play time in the middle of the season, then also got hurt again. Uh, that was kind of the issue with him coming into the draft. Very talented but injury-prone guy. Ed Ingram, uh, second-round pick, I believe, went a little earlier than I expected, but I had him as a day-two guy. Um, ended up being a starter all year. He actually beat out. Jesse Davis, who they signed specifically to be their right guard, uh, they beat him out and ended up you know, either trading him or releasing him. I forget now, but actually, I think it was a trade to the Steelers for Jesse Davis. Um, so anytime you can do that, take a day two offensive lineman who beats out a veteran, you feel pretty good. Um, so so not not a bad thing, all, all things considered for the Vikings. But, you know, obviously not those two defensive backs not getting to play due to injury is kind of tough. Yeah, that is. That'll be key. Um you basically had eight or nine guys who played either not at all or extremely little. That's a lot for, for a draft. But if those two defensive backs get healthy, and again, we're not asking them to be world beaters and, and, and dominant, dominant players, but if they can just be solid starters, then this draft will have a lot more promise than what it showed this year. Um, Ed Ingram, though, you mentioned it. This already looked like it was going to be a solid offensive line this year. And it turned out to be a solid offensive line. Matter of fact, above average. We'll, we'll get into our offseason grades on that, I'm sure, in the summer. But um, Ed Ingram was a huge part of that. <laughs> he started every game. He played every snap. He even played some on special teams. Um, now, did he look dominant doing it? No, but he looked solid. And for a rookie, that's huge. Um, that, that's a lot for first year. So 
Uh, I like Ed Ingram. I think he can be a solid starter in the league and maybe even a little bit above average um, moving forward. That That is huge for them. Absolutely. Shout out Josh Lemson, who covers the Vikings on Stadium Rant. He is a big contributor to this podcast. We appreciate you. Um, also, a Caleb Evans, uh, another defensive back. I think they took him in the fourth round. He was the guy that I like, long guy out of Missouri, I believe. Uh, and, you know, he had a little run there. Their, their DBs just kept getting hurt. Uh, you know, Cam Dantzler starts the year, gets hurt. I think Andrew Booth then comes in, gets hurt. Caleb Evans gets hurt. Uh, then Andrew Booth comes back, then Evans comes back. Everybody just kept getting hurt. But I, I think they had some nice pieces there. Ed Ingram's really your only shining star for the season, though. But again, come out of things with one good offensive lineman, you get a good grade from me and Ben. So way to go, Vikings. Moving on to the Bears, a team we bashed real bad in the offseason, and we seem to have been fairly correct in that because the Bears do, once again, do have the first pick overall in this year's draft. Um, here, here's what we said about the Bears coming out of last season out of last draft they picked some good players they just draft process wise completely missed the boat on what they needed to do this team needed to build the offense around justin fields they had good veterans on defense what did they do they they addressed defense in in the draft and then traded the veterans on defense so they still ended up with an average defense for the season but here's the thing kyler gordon good player had a decent season jaquan brisker good player had a decent season you, you you feel like you're putting together a good young defensive back group. That's nice. You just wish Justin Fields had some offensive linemen, had some wide receivers. Braxton Jones, you take in the fifth round, started and played every game um, at left tackle there. He he seemed fine. Uh, again, I think you could do better. But, you know, to, to get a guy day three who's your starting offensive lineman and, and you feel solid about, again, that's pretty good. And, and the big thing I know that the positive Bears fans have been saying is, hey, Ryan Poles, he was an offensive lineman. He knows how to scout offensive linemen. He can find these diamonds in the rough. But again, I, I wanted something more, and they could have used more because their offensive line still was not good this year. Um, but but those two guys at the top look decent. Uh, ben, what did you think about the Bears draft? I still think our assessment was basically spot on. But I do let, – let me start with Braxton Jones, who you mentioned. Um, had a good solid year playing for a bad team on a bad offensive line on a bad offense. Uh, so I like that, the, you know, diamond in the rough. If that's what you do, we just talked about the Chiefs and their defensive backs and their ability to do that. Mm -hmm. yep. If that's something you can do for the Bears, then by all means, keep it up. I love it. You know, you know, keep that up. But I still am going to stand by. And again, I like Brisker. I, I Gill looks solid, the puncher. Gordon, the defensive back. I, I like that he can can do some things. Um, even Belas Jones, despite the fumbles. Good gosh. But Jones is kind of doing a little bit of everything, again, on a bad team, on that offense. He's doing some of everything. I'm going to stand by what you just said, though. You got Justin Fields, and you basically didn't do a darn thing to help him. And now, now, if the money you save on defense, now this year you take that money and spend it on offense to get him a number one wide receiver and a better offensive line and a standout tight end, well, maybe it kind of sort of, you know, works itself out, but you've kind of wasted a Justin Fields season. Um, they showed some promise this year at times. Can you imagine if he had to have more help on offense? Um, you know, so I, I still don't like their approach last last year to that draft, even though I do like some of the players that they've got. I, I will stand there and that's I'm not gonna move off of that. So there's a couple of these teams that I almost want to give two grades for, and it's 
okay, the players grade, how did these players play? And then how how did the draft class impact the team, right? right? I almost think those are two separate things. Sometimes it goes hand in hand. Sometimes it doesn't. This is one of those cases. These players, hey, you played well. Taking nothing away from the players and, and even giving credit to the team for finding and drafting good players. That's very important in the draft where it's yep. such a crapshoot. But at the end of the day, how much did that good corner and good safety help out Justin Fields, your franchise quarterback? Not at all. And we saw that. So that's where I am on the Bears. Uh, let's move on to the NFC East here. Let's go to the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I will always be thankful for, for moving up to the 13th pick to take Jordan Davis away from the Baltimore Ravens because you know that was what was going to happen if he was there at 14. So I give them an A-plus forever for that. Um, after Jordan Davis, you know, no real contributors this season. N'Kobe Dean was a core special teamer. Um, they're excited about what he can do defensively probably next year. A lot of their linebackers are free agents. Uh, Cam Jurgens, their heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. But really, other than Jordan Davis, and he only played 30 to 40% of the defensive snaps this year. Um, not much going on for Philly this season in terms of their rookies. No, there really isn't. So let's start with Jordan Davis. You mentioned him. He looks like the real deal. He looks like they're going to get roughly what they thought they were going to get out of him. Um, and, and maybe even more. He's, he's still got star potential. Um, and maybe not all pro, but pro bowl type potential. I still like him there. Um, Cam Jurgens to me is the key as that offensive line that they got a little lucky. I thought this year, um, very yep. few injuries there. Um, yep. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. Um, but as that offensive line gets older and more expensive, if a guy like Cam Jurgens can step in at center or guard, wherever the, 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 the those things start happening, um, that will be huge for the Eagles moving forward. So, um, Nicobe Dean, huge disappointment. I wish he had gotten on the field more, but uh, they didn't really need him a whole heck of a lot. So, yeah. you know, just the way it is. Maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, there's not like a seminal linebacker they have, but that they're two stern linebackers, Kaiser White and I believe TJ Edwards, both free agents. So, if you got your heir apparent to those guys, and then your heir apparent to like Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Jordan Davis. Those guys are free agents. And then um, if Jason Kelsey were to retire at the end of this season or next season, you got your heir apparent to him. Very future-focused draft. Um, but for this season, it's almost like an incomplete grade. No, Nobody was bad. They just didn't do anything. And, you know, that's fine. They're, they're in the Super Bowl, so who freaking cares, right? Um, <laughs> let's go to the New York Giants. Another team who I was just – Wholly impressed by their process, their their ability to not balk. Um, they have those two top 10 picks, uh, and I, I said it at the draft show. Loved what they did, taking Kayvon Thibodeau at five, waiting to go offensive lineman until seven, since they had Evan Neal, Ikemokwanu, and Charles Cross were all still there at that point that they picked at five. Thibodeau, I think, showed why he probably still should have been the first overall pick this year, just that dynamic pass-rushing guy. Um, obviously, if you had to redraft, you, you know, you could argue what you would do. But in terms of Hutchinson, Walker, who we've talked about, and, and Thibodeau, Thibodeau was still the number one guy, I think. And it's why we shouldn't come off of these three to four year opinions in, in the six months before the draft. But hey, who, who am I to judge? Um, Evan Neal struggled as a rookie right tackle. Again, nothing you're like, man, that was such a blown pick. He's a bust. He's bad. But he had a he had a poor season. Um, and then Cordell Flott, I think a fourth round pick. He was one of those guys that got forced into playing time early, 
and it paid off because he made a play in, in a couple of their playoff games. I think the Vikings game, he had a key third down stop in, in one-on-one man coverage. Um, again, a guy who you don't want to be your number one corner, maybe not even your number two, but if he's a mix there in your defensive back room, then I think you're you're solid. So what do you think about the Giants this season? Yeah, and the Giants, for me, uh, agree with everything you said. The Giants, for me, about half their rookies, I did not get to grade and watch in depth. But the ones I did, um, Evan Neal, you mentioned that he struggled. You and I both mm-hmm. liked him. Um, I liked him as the second-best tackle in the draft, but not by much. I mean, I had him splitting hairs with Equano from, from the Panthers. Uh, but Evan Neal struggled. There's no question about it. But, again, not to the point where you're like, man, he shouldn't be on the field. Okay. Right on the field and i still think the talent is going to kick in probably next year maybe year three but probably next year i think it's going to kick in and they're going to be glad that they have him and that they drafted him but now let's get the Kayvon Thibodeau you mentioned it injuries can always be a concern that was part of it and then i don't think work ethic for me was ever a concern but you know it's in the back of your head maybe someday year two or three year six when he's making money who knows it's not a concern right now. What is abundantly obvious is that he is extremely, enormously, ridiculously talented. He is so fast off the edge, but he is strong too. It's a very unusual combination to have that kind of strength. He's not the strongest guy in the draft, but to have that kind of strength mixed with that kind of speed. It's absolute elite speed off the edge mixed with good, solid strength. And and that is going to be phenomenal. If he stays healthy, I think he has a chance to be a dominant edge rusher. I totally, again, we didn't see that kick in until the second half of the year um, when he started getting healthy and having those snaps. But it's there. Thibodeau is 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 poised to be an absolute dominant force there. You never know for sure, but that that is on the table for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you, you feel pretty good about that one. And then, guys, we didn't even mention that um, made, made a big impact for them. The season, Wondell Robinson was a good receiver before he got hurt. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, he was pretty consistent. Looks like he can be a good target for Daniel Jones moving forward. And, and Joshua Azudu, the offensive lineman, he played, I think, left guard for them this season before he got hurt. He had some good snaps, and, and they ended the season on a left guard rotation. So that's a guy, if he, if he can solidify that position – you know, that, that's a pretty decent group overall. So th- this was a good draft. And, I mean, my other gem, my other favorite guy, Darian Beavers, man. He's the one that might actually not turn out to be something, but I love – he was my, like, ridiculous, uh, unconditional love in the draft. 6'5", linebacker, former safety, who's, like, 250 pounds. Um, he was on IR. I hope he does something next year because that would be great for me. Yeah, and I will say real quick, I know you love Beavers. I liked him. He's in a good spot. The, uh, with uh, with Dable on that defense, uh, maybe only the 49ers will be the only other team that could use him any better. So I, he's in a good spot. When he's healthy, maybe we'll see some stuff. They had bad linebackers this year. They just need Beaver's healthy, man. That'll, that'll fix everything for sure. Uh, Dallas Cowboys coming up next. This was a team that, man, at the draft, we were like, they could use one of these offensive linemen to slip. They could use one of them to slip. They didn't. And it kind of felt like in the moment, them taking Tyler Smith, I think 24th overall or something, it was kind of like, ooh, you just drafted for need. You just were like, oh, who's the next offensive lineman? Okay, we'll take that guy. I think we were both wrong on that one, man, mostly me. I think you liked him a little bit more than I did, but I was worried about the penalties. Um, He was supposed to be the left guard. Tyron Smith got hurt in the preseason. He ends up playing left tackle, and Tyler Smith was lights 
out so much so that when Tyron Smith came back, they put the veteran over there at right tackle and they let they let the young gun play left tackle in the playoffs. Um, really like what Tyler Smith did this season. Jake Ferguson made some plays at tight end. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Uh, he should be able to be one of the guys moving forward. Uh, Damone Clark, he was a late round pick. I forget where he actually ended up being selected. I know it was day three. I forget if it was as it was the fifth round, fifth round. He was a day two talent. He had a spinal injury, actually, something that some teams were concerned about, but he got in late in the season and he was playing well. So I think that's a guy that, hey, if Leighton Vanderesh uh leaves in free agency or, or even if he's back, he can just take a bigger role next year. But I think when you're talking about how this team, how this draft class played this season, you look at Tyler Smith starting left tackle at the 24th overall pick you feel good about. Um, I, I think that was that was a great move for them. Yeah, totally agree. I'm gonna start the opposite order. They had a weird draft. You had about four guys there, um, third pick, a uh, third round picks, a couple of fifth round picks who didn't play at all. One of them's not even mm-hmm. on the team or um, but then you had about four guys who unusual for rookies for the Cowboys, but they they played a lot of rotational snaps, just got on the field a lot in certain situations, got some good development. They look like guys who can step into starting roles either next year or the year after, like you just mentioned. Three of those guys are on defense. So really like that. That That's going to save you a ton of money over the next couple of years, um, and you'll need it because the, uh, the Prescott contract basically doubles this year and next year um, to that $40 million-ish level. I forget. It, it, it may be even bigger, but it's – it's a lot of money, right, for Prescott. So you need these kind of picks to hit, at least for solid, solid stuff. And then Tyler Smith. I was right there with you. I loved the talent, but those penalties, man, the sloppiness. You're like, mm, uh, yeah, okay, I'll take it. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of risk here. And, man, you just there's no way to know with some of these guys which way they're going to fall. We've seen some of these guys fall the other way, be dreadful bounce around the league for a few years, and then they're gone. Smith is gold. I mean, good gosh. Uh, lock him in at left tackle. Uh, you're set for the next five years, and then you'll probably pay him. Uh, and you're set for the next decade. So, Heck yeah. Uh, love it. I mean, man, love it. Sam Williams and um, Jalen Tolbert, the outside linebacker and wide receiver, both taking day two. Not being able to see the field pretty much all season was a disappointment. Sam Williams, I, I wasn't quite as high on, but Jalen Tolbert I was high on, and he played way less. I don't even know the numbers on him. It wasn't worth kind of even looking up. Um, but now I want to look at it because I just said that out loud. Snap count, 16% of the offense snaps. That, that should not have happened on this team. That really could have used someone like him. So I don't know what happened there. Hopefully he's there next year. But I, I do think that was a disappointment. But again, getting a starting left tackle, uh, late in the first round it is good on them. The Commanders, <laughs> the team I gave my worst grade to after the draft. Ben, I gave him an F. I gave him an <laughs> F. I had a long fight with Robertson Byer about it. Um, and it was, again, very much like the Bears draft. You got good players, yes. And, and compared to the Bears, the players made a much bigger impact on the team, yes. But this commanders team needed so much more in, in so many different areas that they were and they were in position to do something about it. At least the Bears didn't even have a first round pick. The commanders could have taken a guy like Zion Johnson. They could have taken Kenyon Green with their original pick, 
But then they they trade back to take Jahan Dotson, who was good. They also could have stayed where they were and taken, I think, I forget if, uh, I don't think Chris Olave was there at their original pick. I think he had been taking the pick before, but they could have taken Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams. They trade back to take Dotson, who I think long-term is going to end up being worse than those guys. They take Finn Mathis at defensive tackle. He got hurt during the year. He's kind of uh, insurance for if, if any of those defensive linemen move on in free agency. Um, and, and then, you know, Sam Howell in the fifth round, Brian Robinson, another running back in the third round. Again, good players just didn't love the process, didn't love where they attacked it. Um, but those guys played well this season. So I think they deserve a much higher grade than I gave them coming out of the draft. Uh, what do you think about those commanders rookies this year? Yeah, I, on the whole, I like what they did. No, I didn't like it last spring, again, for the reasons you mentioned. So many other possibilities out there. I feel like maybe you kind of discounted yourself. Maybe you lacked a little confidence. You, you know, I, it's, I felt like there were bigger fish out there and you didn't catch them. You know, you, you caught some fish, good for you, but there were some bigger ones out there that you were capable of catching and you didn't. I still feel that way. <laughs> but having said that, let's brag on him. Brian Robinson, the running back. Uh, looks like we don't see many guys like this, but he looks like he can be a workhorse running back for, for them if they want him to be. They may not, but he, he can do everything and does it very well, uh, extremely well. Love that. Jahan Dotson, he's a highlight reel waiting to happen. Now, obviously, the quarterbacks loved throwing to Terry McLaren a whole lot more. They kept going to him consistently all year. So you, you wonder if Dotson's getting uh, the full attention of the defense. Can he continue to get open under brackets and double coverage and, and all that kind of stuff? But he's a heck of a player. They're glad they got him. I'm glad they got him. Good for them. Um, and then you get to um, – sorry, I'm, I'm looking down, down the list here for uh, you know, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell's got a good chance of starting next year. Yep. He can, he can win some games. He can make some plays. I still think he's going to fall somewhere kind of in the Baker Mayfield category, the Sam Darnold category, and that is a guy who can run around, make some plays, win some games, give you some hope, and then you're going to find out all of his weaknesses, his flaws, and its limits. <laughs> and that's going to kick in hard when you get to the end of the season and you're at 8-8 eight and eight needing a big win or when you're in the playoffs playing all the big guys and you realize, oh, you know, they all got big, nice cars and we got uh, – you know, we got we got a, a, a cute little car, you know. So, um, <laughs> like the draft, still think they could have gone in some other directions and gotten even better results than they did. Robertson, you win. They didn't deserve an F, but uh, I, I won't go any higher than a C. I just won't do it. Um, Sam Howell, I think, will last them at least through the, the sale of the team. I think that's the goal. I think that should be the goal for everybody. Um Let's hit the NFC South, and I think we can breeze through this one pretty easily. We'll start with Tampa Bay, the now Tom Brady-less Tampa Bay. Um, they they did fine. They did all right. Logan Hall rotated in on that defensive line. He was their their first pick. He did fine. Luke Decky had to play left guard really since day one. That didn't go great, and then he got hurt, so I, I don't think that was great. Rashad White um, at running back definitely did some things. He's a guy that I think they can – uh, kind of lean on through these next few years. Uh, I'd say just just okay from Tampa Bay. Kate Otten at tight end was fine. Jake Camaro was a pretty good punter. Um, what what did you think about Tampa Bay here? Yeah, totally agree. Um, lots of guys who got lots of mixed snaps rotationally throughout the year. 
and they look poised to be solid starters in the future. But that's kind of where it stops. I don't see a whole lot of difference makers here, generally speaking. Um, but that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Co-Keefed also. I forgot that both these guys were from the same draft. Two tight ends in one draft. You got to love when you can do that. Um, the Panthers. You mentioned Ikmaquanu earlier. They Another team that didn't bulk. They took the best offensive lineman. They needed him. He had his faults this season, but I still liked a lot of what I saw. He was I saw him pick up fights with, with Tampa Bay linebackers, actually. I love that. Um, after that, it's pretty like Matt Corral uh, happened. I heard himself in, in preseason. He didn't play. Um, Cade Mays. I think Cade Mays played some fullback this year. I think they did some like crazy jumbo sets and let him play some fullback, which you know I love. Um, but really, other than Ikemaquanu, the this draft class didn't do much this season. Yeah, and, you know, outside of Aquano, I don't know that they were expecting a whole lot. So um, maybe Brandon Smith someday gets on the field at linebacker. I do and, like Brandon Smith. Yeah, and does some solid things as a rotational guy, probably not a thousand snap kind of a guy, but maybe maybe in the future. Um, and maybe Matt Corral gets healthy and, and shows you some flashes next year, uh, maybe in preparation for 2023. Um but then you get to Iquando, who I love, absolutely love. I am still convinced that he can be a dominant tackle, but he didn't show that this year. He struggled. We kind of expected him to. There were moments where you could see his technique kicking in very well, especially in the run blocking, but he's still got a ways to go. I think training camp will do him well. We'll see how he looks next year. That's about it for the Panthers. We're both icky fans for sure. Atlanta Falcons, I gave a pretty high grade to in this draft as well. They got my guy Desmond Ritter, who coming into the draft was actually my top quarterback. Um, Drake London, you know, we kind of saw that pick coming. I think they could have gone another way at receiver, but totally fine. What I really liked about their draft ended up being the least impactful part of their draft, and that was the edge rushers that they took on day two. Arnold Abicati and D'Angelo Malone, those guys did not play as much as I thought or make as big of an impact as I thought. Abicati played about half the snaps. You know, that that's not bad for a rookie edge rusher. Um, I definitely just saw more. D'Angelo Malone, 22% of the snaps. Again, for a third-round edge rusher, not bad. I just wanted more from those guys. So I gave the team a really high grade going in. Um, now, a guy I didn't really think much of after the draft, Tyler Algier, he had a very good season. I think he was, uh, you know, listed in some odds, some money places for for an offensive rookie of the year vote. Um, Justin Schaefer, an offensive lineman, uh, who I hope gets some run next year, but we'll see. Um, but overall, I, good draft, good impact. I think you got what you expected, and, and maybe if I had tempered my expectations for those edge rushers a little bit, I would have been more in line, more correct. But uh, not not bad for the Falcons. I think there's some pieces here. Yeah, I, I like this draft. Um, if even one of those edge rushers kicks in to be a solid guy, contributor, going to make a huge difference. But Drake London, probably never going to be, I wouldn't think, an all-pro level guy consistently, but I think he can be a Pro Bowl level guy consistently. Yeah. Consistently, I really, really like London. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's the concern there. Yep. Tyler Algier, just an absolute bowling ball of a running back. Probably not going to break too many 60-yard rushes in his career. But he can catch the ball, and you talk about a guy breaking tackles and breaking ribs and busting heads. This is your guy. This is this is the guy right here. And any team would love to have him. So Algiers a home run. And the Desmond Ritter, we saw the limitations, but we also saw that he can produce. He can produce yardage, 
And will that be enough for the Falcons next year? Um, you know, and, and maybe it is. Maybe it's enough to help them compete next year. So still waiting to see on Ritter. But um, I like the drafts this year for the Falcons for sure. Wasting time because I want to find who the guy I'm thinking of. TJ Duckett, six foot, 254 pound running back for the Atlanta yes. Falcons back in the Michael Vick Warren work done days. Um, yes. That's Tyler Algier. That's what you just made me think of. I finally made that connection. Um, good times in the mid 2000s. Uh, New Orleans Saints rounding out the NFC South. Uh, Chris Olave, you get him in the first round. You, you get Trevor Penning in the first round, who, you know, uh, that that didn't go so well as as much as you would have liked the rookie year, but I think it, I don't think anybody truly expected him to be a starting left tackle day one. But the the stuff coming out of like camp in the preseason, getting in fights, leaving, having to leave practice, stuff like that, uh, you're not too excited about. But nothing on the field for him. Alante Taylor, though, defensive back that I like, get him um, kind of in those mid rounds. There, he he showed some things. So I think between Alava and Taylor. You feel pretty good about this class, considering they only had the five picks. What do you think about New Orleans? Yeah, agree. Alave looks like one of those – I don't even know how to describe it. One of those smooth 1980s receivers that just does mm. a great job every single play, but maybe not a highlight reel like uh, some of the other receivers we were seeing. It's like you can get the ball to him on every single play if you want to, and, and maybe he's not going to rack up 60 and 80-yard catches, but, man, 15 here, 20 there, just – just killing you. I just absolutely killing you. Seems to do very well against zones. Seems to really be able to find his spots in zones. Love what Alave brings to the table. And then Penning. I don't know that Penning's ever going to be a top tackle because of I, I. I don't know. There just seems to be some inconsistencies there, some sloppiness. Like maybe we thought Tyler Smith was going to have for the Cowboys, but Penning. Penning can save them a lot of money. They've got a lot of money invested there in that offensive line. If he can step up next year and be a solid tackle, it could save them money uh, in in the in the next offseason, not the twenty three offseason, but in twenty four. Um, so that could be important. And then you mentioned Delonte Taylor. Yeah, looks like he should be a good solid. Uh, Solid uh, started there at defensive back as well. And finally, our last team, our last division, I should say, of this evening's podcast, the NFC West. Um, pretty light for the most part, except for this one team might be in the running for, for the top draft of the season, I would say. The Seattle Seahawks, you get two starting offensive tackles. We've talked about if you can get one solid offensive lineman, Ben and I like you. If you can get what looks like your two tackles for the next half decade to decade, if you end up signing both of them to contracts, man, you are in good shape. Charles Cross was great this year, I thought. Um, I think I'm a little higher on him than than you were. Abraham Lucas is a bear. If he gets his hands on you, it's over. But one of those classic right tackles, like almost like a Morgan Moses. If he gets his hands on you, it's over. But you know you probably can run around him. He's he's kind of stiff, but but Luke's was was better than I expected this year. Ken Walker, who who won the Phantom Football Podcast Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, so shout out to him. That was a great pickup as well. He kind of ran their offense literally and figuratively. And then the two corners, man. They you know late later in the draft there, Kobe Bryant uh played kind of in the nickel i think for for a good chunk of the season he's kind of finding his role but Tariq Wollin coming in as a fifth round pick um being a pro bowler uh i think did he lead the league in interceptions or, or at least led the rookies but um he, he was definitely up there um great draft by seattle huge impact too when you just think of what those guys did for the team this year they didn't just play well 
they impacted a team that made the playoffs. Your two starting tackles, your running back in a run-focused offense. Um, Tariq Wollin as a starting outside corner uh, for a good defensive back group. Great job by Seattle. What did you think of these guys? 100% agree. Let's start with Kenneth Walker, who is amazing. Uh, he, he can be the focal point of the offense for the next five years, and I'm sure Pete Carroll will probably be doing that. That's Pete Carroll's style. Mm-hmm. So Kenneth Walker can run for 60-yard touchdowns, and he can run for positive yardage on every play. Um, Kenneth Walker can do it all. He can catch the football. I mean, Walker can be the offense for the next few years, and, and hopefully they'll surround him with more. Um, Tariq Woolen, good gosh. I can't say enough good things about Tariq Woolen. I had no clue he he could even be a decent starter back in the draft. And yet here he is. He's not as good as Sauce Gardner to me. When you put him on an island, teams were not really afraid to go after Woolen, but still, Woolen held up to it. You could put him on an island by himself. Uh Woolen's a playmaker, uh, maybe even more of a playmaker than Gardner. Um, not quite as shut down in coverage. But Woolen's Woolen's got Woolen can play. Love what Woolen brings to the table. He can be maybe an All-Pro starter in some years, but definitely a Pro Bowl kind of a guy in years to come. That's really kind of where I've got him, Pro Bowl level. Um, love Woolen. Abraham Lucas, you mentioned. I Lucas reminds me of just kind of you mentioned it. Your your typical right tackle, your lunch pail solid starter that you're never going to replace. He's going to be a starter for ten or twelve seasons. Um, probably never make a single Pro Bowl. <laughs> But good gosh, you you just love him to death. And then on the other side, Charles Cross, who you mentioned, I didn't have as good a grade on this year, but his potential is much higher. Um, Maybe even, I I hate to go, I haven't even done comparisons yet, but let me go ahead and do one. Maybe like a Lane Johnson kind of a, kind of a, a ability where again, yeah, he's got a long way. He's got to be a lot more consistent is what he's got to be, but the potential to be better, is there for him. Pro Bowl Plus is, is where I have him at, potentially. Um, I, w- I would like, like to see Boya Mafe, um, you know, develop more. He was good against the run, but they didn't get him to be good against the run. They got him to be good against the quarterback, and he just didn't get there. Um, so maybe he can develop. We'll see. Um, uh, I, I, Kobe Bryant, I, I thought he struggled in coverage, but he was very physical, which the Seahawks like. So, uh, he'll find his role, and he is physical. So um, I've talked a lot about the Seahawks, love their draft, um, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're not, you know, breaking the news cycle here. These guys were really good. Um, they were good from day one, that first primetime game Seattle had against Denver. Though Those guys were just, like, gushing over those tackles. And, and Ken Walker, first guy I've ever seen, literally hurt himself from running so hard. That ankle injury was literally just him, his legs hitting the ground so hard hurt his foot um so that's you know that's always fun these guys are great woolen is going to be fantastic i love this group um let's go to the rams not much to talk about here uh their third round pick who was their first pick who uh this team really wanted cole strange to be uh remember when sean mcveigh had that press conference after day one of the draft when the rams weren't doing anything he was like man we were looking at him at pick 83 or whatever it was that was fun uh but to that guy, they actually got Logan Bruce got hurt in the preseason or in training camp. He ended up not playing. Um, couple corners that that might turn into some Kobe Durant, Darian Kendrick. Kendrick, I was trying to look this up. Why exactly he seemed to get benched? I don't know if somebody just got healthy. I don't know for sure. But he was a guy. You might have that. But he was a guy that started. He played a lot in the first handful of weeks, like weeks three through nine. He played a lot. He played some decent snaps in, in twelve and thirteen, and then. 
week 14 on just basically stopped playing on defense. So I don't know what exactly happened there. Um, Kobe Durant, he kind of stepped in into that spot. So I don't know if it was just they wanted to see Durant instead. Um, but he was hurt at the beginning of the year, kind of in and out of the lineup. So they might have something there uh, in terms of the corners, but really kind of an incomplete grade. They all, all in all came out with essentially one rookie cornerback from the season one, the first half, one in the second half. Not much here for the Rams. Yeah, totally agree. I'll be quick. You got five or six guys who either didn't play at all or played very little and had some special team snaps. And that leaves you with Kyron Williams at running back, who looks like maybe he can contribute, and that's probably going to be where that sits at running back. And then Darian Kendrick played a bunch in the first part of the season because of all the Rams injuries to, in the secondary, and he didn't do very well. <laughs> I mean, he was trying, but it, it just didn't go very well. So in the second half of the season, Kobe Durant, I and I can't remember, Durant may have been injured in the first part of the season, but mm-hmm. by the second half of the season, Durant is playing and Durant looks good. So solid starter there, maybe more, but certainly a solid starter there with Kobe Durant in the secondary. And that's interesting because Durant, where, did, where was he from? South Carolina. I kind of remember him. I definitely remembered more about Kendrick coming out of the draft, but that's probably just because he he went to he was at Georgia, and that is what you think about. Um, so yeah, Rams, fine, that's all right. Uh, Cardinals, <laughs> moving on here, another one we could probably skip past pretty quickly here. The only guy I wrote down, the only guy that like had any sort of impact on the team was tight end Trey McBride. He was their second round pick. Um, I don't think he was particularly good. I know you have a grade on him. My thing with McBride coming out of the draft, uh, coming out of the Cardinals taking him was, hmm, they traded for Zach Ertz and they re-signed their, uh, their blocking tight end. Uh, now both, and then they drafted a tight end in the second round. Um, that's not great. Now, of course, those other two tight ends ended up getting hurt this year, I believe. So, um, Maybe it was a good thing they had Trey McBride there, but still, they they drafted their essentially third tight end in the second round. That's that's not great, but nobody else really did anything for this team. Anything on McBride or or any of these guys? I liked McBride in the draft uh, mm-hmm. to be a solid starter. Still have some hopes there. I have some some real concerns about this Cardinals draft. To be honest, maybe more than any of the teams we've talked about, they had a second round pick and two thirds and. As you look at their whole draft, it looks like they maybe have four guys who could contribute some as rotational guys, and that might be it. I, I'm not certain that they have any even solid starters here. Now, now again, next year could be different. I I wasn't impressed. I, I'm a little concerned here. Yeah, I, I like the two linebackers coming out, Jesse Lakita and Jai Sanders, um, but those guys did next to nothing for the team this year which on a Cardinals defense that was bad, does not uh, bode very well. So moving on from that situation, uh, we get to the 49ers, NFC West uh, uh, division winner, NFC uh, contender for the championship and championship game last week. Um, Their top pick, Drake Jackson, didn't do much this season, played about 33% of the snaps. Who can blame him for that great defense? Um, But two offensive players made an impact. Uh, Brock Purdy, obviously Mr. Irrelevant, um, being, being the one everybody's talking about here. I think we've made our opinions pretty clear on, on the Phantom Football Podcast, but we'll touch on it briefly here. Um, but Spencer Burford uh, was a I forget another mid-round kind of pick. I forget how far down he was, but um, he was a guy that started 16 of the 17 games at, at guard and was pretty consistent. And let's see, he was a fourth-round pick. 
there was a, there was a play. I forget which of the playoff games it was, but it was one of the playoff games, and it was a really cool moment between him and veteran right tackle Mike McClinchy because I I think they opened up some crazy hole for for one of the running backs. I, I forget if it was McCaffrey or Mitchell at that point, but um, they opened up a crazy hole, and those two just like celebrated when everybody else was like. All right, cool. We got eight yards and they were just like having a great time. Uh, I enjoyed that, but that that's most of what I have on the analysis side for these guys. But Burford played a lot. Purdy obviously came in and did his thing. And to get what you got out of Purdy for Mr. Irrelevant pick is great. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and say he should be the day one starter, say he's the franchise quarterback, say he's the next Tom Brady. Let's Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But again, like I said about Bailey Zappi, if you get your long-term backup, and on day three, and maybe he, I mean, he's better than Bailey Zappi, maybe, probably, I'd say yes. Um, but, man, how many people just turned this off that I said, questioned if he was better than Bailey Zappi or not? There's, there's a lot of Bailey's, uh, or a lot of Brock Purdy heads out there. But, um, you know, you got a guy that you know can come in and, and play football games with the last pick in the draft at quarterback. That's good. Um, and, and then you got a good offensive lineman. And everyone else, you know, just kind of helped out where they could. Not not, not too much more than those two guys, really. Yeah, here again, maybe you have some hidden gems, but you got six or seven guys who basically didn't play at all. I mean, just extremely little. But you know what? It's a good team. It's hard to get into the lineup here. So totally understand that. Um, maybe over the next couple of seasons, if the talent is there, they'll break through and, and just explode, you know. So, um, But then you get Spencer Burford. It was very important that somebody step up on the offensive line, and while Burford wasn't amazing, he was he was he was good enough, and that was important for them. Uh, huge difference there versus really struggling at that spot. So that that was really good for them. And then you get to Brock Purdy. We'll be talking about him all off season. Um, if nothing else, Purdy allows you the luxury of once and for all letting Jimmy Garoppolo go and not paying mm-hmm. that large contract. And then you have Purdy and Lance to try to choose between. And and whichever guy wins it, um, the other guy you still have and you can go to later in the season if you need to. So um, we saved our hot take for the end of the podcast. Um, so for those of you who are cursing us for our lack of enthusiasm for Purdy, um, you know, uh, we get it. We understand. But uh, we're, we're telling you what we've seen on the field and kind of what we think we might see in the years to come. But uh that's what we've got. That is what we got. Ben, I'm so proud of us. We we went under 90 minutes in an episode in an episode related to the draft that involved every single team. I we we owe ourselves a party. I think on Ronan's dime. What do you think? Yes, totally agree. <laughs> Perfect. I love it, man. I love it. Ben, thanks so much for being here, man. Um, really, really, really appreciate it as always. What do you got to plug? Tell tell us what's going on. Uh, we have a couple. We have another podcast, Odds on Favorite, with uh, Robertson Vire, and then of course the uh, the ones that we do with Simon and, and Ronan on uh, Sunday nights and Monday nights. Uh, and a lot of good, st- tons of good offensive off off season stuff. We're going to go through every team, every draft pick, uh, the the highlights of the free agency stuff. Lots of stuff on there all off season. So come on over and hear us. Thank you everyone for listening.
What a rousing uh, uh, pitch for yourself, man. Uh, listen to Odds on Favorite. It, it's a fun time. I always I always enjoy myself when I listen. And there's usually some fun trivia or a fun uh, random island situation there at the end, which is, which is always a good time. And yeah, come over to the Phantom Football Podcast. Breaking news, obviously, this week with coaching hires and trades and Tom Brady retiring. And Ben and I obviously didn't talk about that here on this podcast. But if you want to hear us talk about it, um, Head over to the Phantom Football Podcast feed if you haven't already. We did a special edition uh, at the end of the week here, and maybe that'll get you into that show if you don't already listen. But I, I truly hope you do. But more than anything, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Simon Short Podcast. Again, thank you to Ben. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And we can't wait to talk to you again next week. Fun little preview. Ben's coming back. We're going to have some fun stuff here. Ben looks shocked. I don't think he remembered that he was going to have to do this again. But good times are ahead. Thank you to everybody. Have fun and be safe out there.